Hey everyone, welcome to the Golfer's Journal podcast brought to you by Titleist, the number one ball in golf. My name's Tom Coyne, I'm a senior writer at the Golfer's Journal, and today we've got a conversation for you with a guy from one of America's greatest golfing families. You've heard of the Morrises, the Joneses, the Parks, but the family that's made us laugh more than any of them is the Murrays. I was fortunate to play with Joel Murray recently at Chicago's Canal Shores. It's actually north of Chicago in Evanston, near where Joel and his brothers, Bill, Brian, John, Andy, etc. There were many Murray siblings where they grew up. You'll know Joel from a long list of movies as well as Mad Men and his wide array of voice work in films like Monsters University. He was a member of Second City in Chicago and he performs over a hundred improv shows a year with his traveling troupe, Who's Live Anyway?, he also happened to be in one of my favorite 80s movies with Demi Moore and John Cusack, One Crazy Summer, a comedy that played on repeat on cable when I was growing up. So I was slightly embarrassed to say to Joel that I could probably still recite every one of his lines from that movie. But he's done a lot of stuff and a lot of great stuff since then for sure. Golf's been central to the Murray's lives long before his brother Brian wrote Caddyshack and his other brother Bill starred in it. They all grew up caddying at nearby Indian Hill. But it was at Canal Shores where he and his brothers would sneak on for golf and where his brother, Billy, as he calls him, worked the snack shack there for years. They've gone on to become golf entrepreneurs with Caddyshack restaurants and a new clothing line. But Joel is still very much a guy from the north side of Chicago who might not be happier anywhere than when he's on the fairways of Canal Shores. It's a truly unique golf community that we profiled in Golfer's Journal number 3 in a great piece by Jay Rigdon. And it's a rare golf setting that you'll get to hear more about here. Joel is a celebrity in real life, but at Canal Shores even more so, where it felt like a real homecoming for this son of the neighborhood. Our round had a lot of laughs, obviously, but it was also a chance to see how much Joel cares about the game and Canal Shores and their initiatives to make golf thrive in his hometown. But before we get to Joel, we just want to thank everyone who's been bidding and donating to help us raise money for Fairways for Freedom via our Broken Tea Jailbreak. It's on September 19th at Laurel Hill Golf Club in Virginia. Uh, The items to bid on at the event, they're absolutely insane. A few spots remain for the event, so sign up and be part of what's probably going to be the greatest golf outing basically ever hope everyone's enjoying golfer's journal number nine and don't forget all you members of the broken tea society should also be members of team titleist it's more than just the name team titleist it's a community of golfers just like us it's been created by titleist to connect us to product experts to events and to provide opportunities like prototype testing etc all you have to do is sign up at titleist.com slash team titleist one word also want to thank our sponsors from the pages of the golfer's journal Scotty Cameron, Link Soul, Titleist, Oakley, New York Private Bank and Trust, and Links and Kings. Follow us at Golfer's Journal and follow me in my travels around America this summer at Coin Writer. And now, live from the American Legion above the Canal Shores Pro Shop, a little improv with one of improv's best, Joel Murray, who learned a lot more at Canal Shores than how to hit that cut. All right, we're talking. So I'm here with my friend Joel Murray at Canal Shores. More specifically, we are in the American Legion, what number? 42. The old 42, which is above the pro shop at Canal Shores in Chicago, on the north side of Chicago. How would you describe the 
How would you describe today's match in which you beat me five up? Oh, I don't keep score. Um, but I, it was uh, it yes, was good. It's a tough course. We didn't touch a lot of trees. Uh, you know, I grew up playing on these narrow fairways, and um, straight is very good. And short, straight and short is much better than long and wrong. So uh, it, it's an equalizer in that way. But uh, it was a fun match. Uh, it was it a beautiful was day. The bugs were non-existent. Uh, there was actually a slight breeze. Couldn't have had better weather. It was beautiful. It's such an interesting course, Canal Shores, which we've featured in at the Golfer's Journal. In our issue number three, Jay Rigdon did uh, a great story about the place, uh, about what it means to the community and what's so special about it. What does it mean to you, this place? I mean, it's got it's it's certainly part of your uh, your life story. Well, our relationship has changed many times over the years. You know. Uh, <laughs> We started out, it was illicit, and I, I was uh, sneaking on and playing yes. without being asked or wanted. And uh, then I, I learned that I could actually find balls and, and negotiate to play the course. And then as I got older, I actually paid to play the course. And uh, now, I, I, I've, for seven years, we've had this wonderful tournament for the first responders uh, here. And uh, they've been, it, it's kind of been beneficial to both sides, but uh, it's it's kind of, enlightened a lot of people to the existence of the place here and gotten yeah. a lot more people involved but uh the course has gotten so much better than when i was a kid it was you know it was hard dirt and there was patches of grass and now it's really a quite a proper course all of a sudden they've done a spectacular job but my relationship with i mean we started out doing you know i, I learned how to smoke here uh i mean i did a lot of things here i learned how to golf here uh i I'm drinking again here, um, but it, it, it's just a fabulous place. And in the past few years, they're doing such cool things. I mean, I, I saw Mavis Staples play out here on the lawn last year with my wife on yeah. her birthday, and we had a fabulous night. And they've got concerts again this year, and uh, they've got an outdoor patio. They've got a, a, a walk-up window now. But, you know, it, it, it just keeps becoming more uh, community-centric, and uh, it it's what – golf needs and it, it like we saw today there were all those kids out there playing and getting the next generation involved and excited about golf again and uh so i mean if you were to talk about everything being done right they're doing it here i agree i mean we came out this morning there were 50 kids out on the first and second holes you know and running around we only hit golf. two or three so that's good so most there's of still did. 47 kids most of them are fine <laughs> And uh, and then there we played through another big group of kids. So, yeah, I mean, there's just great stuff going on here. It's really the center of the community, in well, the golf community here uh, in this area. And what's cool is that, you know, folks, the course is looked after, you know, by, by people here. You know, that, that it's, it's, you know, people are going out and picking up sticks or doing the bunkers. Or, there's I mean, a lot of volunteer action. The, and, the uh, you know, people feel with the place. So. That's really unique and really cool. No, it's great. It's a, it's a good time to be uh, up in the uh, the American Legion Hall tonight. It certainly is. So you used to hang around. The old, we, we went past the snack bar, and that used to be uh, it was one of your hangouts here. My brother Billy worked at the snack bar. He was actually an assistant groundskeeper here, and um, <clears throat> he used to mow lawns and stuff. And somehow he promoted himself to being in charge of the snack bar, which was kind of hysterical because he's not really a morning person so he was running a, a snack bar at a golf course and showing up at like noon and uh they don't need snacks you know, in the morning he was this is back in the long hair fu, Ma fu manchu mustache days and uh 
he'd show up when the sun is warm and, you know, heat up some hot dogs at that point. And the, many of the golfers were already done for the day. At, 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 but there was a, a certain clientele that still came that, you know, wore dingo boots, boots and had, you know, cowboy hats and stuff. They used to hang out with Billy and laugh and, uh, you know, who knows what all went on there? I do, but uh, I'm not going to say it right now. But uh, it was a it was a different kind of snack shop at that point. But uh, I I don't know if he made any money, and he bought things in in bulk at high low back in the day. Yeah. And, uh, I, I his business acumen wasn't so good, uh, but I, I he managed to uh, make some money on some fringe uh, enterprises he had as well. That's excellent. The uh yeah, it, and the Snack Shack is still here. It's still here. And, that, and we the passed woman, it, and you were a bit of a celebrity. Well, you literally are a celebrity, but especially at the Snack Shack. It's a pseudo-celebrity. But yeah, that lady was <laughs> said she's been here for 20, yeah. 17 of 20 years or something like that, and her kids were running the joint uh, that had to be like, what, five and six? Yeah, they were running around. And that, uh, I don't know if that's the... the, the, the business model you wanted a snack shack either but uh, it's a good daycare center and uh, that seems to be working out and that kid was washing balls i don't know if he's making any money doing that he was crushing the ball washer so how far did you grow up from here i mean it's it was a bike ride right well it was like nine blocks west and five more blocks north kind of so 14 15 blocks my wife grew up right over here and i never knew her and we were you know 18 blocks away from each other uh, but uh we used to throw your clubs over your shoulder and ride your bike over here yeah and uh hey back then you you'd ride your bike 10 miles and not even think about it right well you're a guy who walked a thousand miles around ireland so what do you know what's what's biking 20 blocks to go play golf right yeah right? that's that's fair, fair enough when did you meet your wife I met her at a picnic at Crow Island Woods uh, in Winneka there. An old girlfriend introduced me to her, and that's all she wrote. I, I stalked her for about six months after that. And, yeah. Uh, her father and my father were both lumber salesmen, uh, one with J.J. Barney and one with Edward Hines, but they were actually rivals, and they both had nine kids. And uh, we could have all intermarried. They they had the uh, six girls and three boys for our six boys and three girls. But, okay. Uh, our parents knew each other, played bridge and things like that. But, uh, yeah. I, Wait, uh, your dad was a lumber salesman? Yeah, that's the Caddyshack that jokes the about. Comes from? Be, right in the lumber yard? Yeah. Yeah, if you totally didn't pan out, you, you were going to go work with dad. That was the threat that you were going <laughs> to go stack lumber at J.J. Uh, Barney, which was next to Cabrini Green. So uh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't what you wanted to do. Right. So you meet your wife. You, you know, you go to northern Illinois. You bounce around a little bit, school-wise. Northern Illinois, Loyola Rome, Loyola mm-hmm. Chicago, Second City, Improv Olympic. Did you go right into Second City right after school? Uh, no. Well, I was working at the National Video on North Avenue, and all of a sudden this guy came in one day and said, Joyce Sloan wants to invite you to the Christmas party at the Second City tonight. And I knew Joyce from my brothers being at right. the Second City a dozen years before me, and uh, I went to this Christmas party, and it was the best time, and... Uh, it was kind of like, wow, this, this is a family, and this is so great. And uh, she said, yeah, I thought it was time you started coming around. And uh, wow. my life kind of changed after that. And I, I ran into Dave Pasquese, who's a really good improviser, who's on the show Lodge 49 now. And uh, he and I kind of worked our way through the ranks real quick, and we 
were in the Improv Olympic with Del Close, who mm-hmm. was the improv guru that taught Billy and Aykroyd and Belushi and all those people. And uh, uh, I was at the Second City for five, six years, you know, touring companies on the main stage. And uh, I was on the main stage with the likes of Mike Myers and Bonnie Hunt and then Chris Farley and Timmy Meadows and uh, great people. I just happened to come through at the right time. And yeah. Got hired off the stage one night and moved to Los Angeles to be in a sitcom. Which one was that? It was called Grand. It was with Michael McKean and Bonnie Hunt and Pamela Reed and John Randolph, John Neville. But uh, I was the millionaire's idiot son, and they were having a hard time finding uh, the right guy that looked like he had some education but was still a moron, and I I fit that bill. (laughs) Nice. So, And you still do improv? You do still do a lot of improv now, right? Uh, more than ever. Yeah. I, uh, I'm in this Who's Live Anyway. We do a live Whose Line Is Anyway show with like Ryan Stiles and Greg Proop, some of the original guys. Right. And we're we're going to do 100 shows this year all Seriously? over the U.S. and Canada. So we're coming to a town near you, wherever you are listening to this. You literally are. I mean, improv to me, that it just it, the idea of even trying to do that terrifies me of like just getting on a stage and just go be funny right how do you, it, is it scary for you or is it just come naturally or well that's the beauty of it that so many people think that that's the most frightening thing in the world and right. i can't think of an easier job in the world to go out you don't have to any lines to memorize there's no costumes you have to wear there's you no know, props you just go out and do it and you know we have a a pretty hefty belt of scotch and just go out in front of 1500 people and, <laughs> and, and make up a 90 minute show. And it's, it's absolutely frightening to so many people. But, uh, you know, what scares me is when you've got a crew of a hundred people watching you and you're supposed to have all the lines memorized and you're across from a guy like John Hamm, who's got a photographic memory and you're supposed to know all your lines that I find frightening, but, uh, going and making it up is, is pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, and you don't have to have somebody say, cuts. Oh, my God. When is he going to get this right? And even when you're wrong on stage, you know, the, the audience kind of likes that. Yeah. Uh, so you're also sort of a, a golf entrepreneur to some extent. You've gotten into some some golf. Well, you and your brothers have gotten into some golf businesses. Uh, you know, golf's still a, p- a big part of your life, it seems like. Just well, aside yeah. from just playing it, of course. Well, I mean, other than the five dollars I took off you, uh, it, it's become really I lucrative. You forgot about that. Yeah, I just yeah. was pointing that out. Um, <laughs> I yeah, we uh, we were going to do a Murray Brothers golf apparel line a few years ago, and um, we were making some prototypes, and we had a logo and stuff like that. And then we got introduced from these guys at the Chive, who had a a full you know production line, and they were doing stuff. And had a reach from their website right. of a million, you know, two million people a week. And uh, like, hey, they got kind of a good reach. And uh, so we, we got in cahoots with these people. And uh, it's kind of the fastest growing golf line in America, uh, William Murray Golf. And uh, it's it's going really well. And we just did a, a big Series A raise. And we kind of jumped out on our own. And uh, it's it's fun. And Billy's actually really energized about it. And is, is he into it? He's into cool. picking out things and, and negating things, and uh, he's got a. He's always had a very interesting fashion sense. I mean, all the Murrays that. did, and I think a lot of it came from, you know, it just being hand-me-downs. This goes with this, right? Yeah, yeah. No, you could do that. Pla- Plaiding those stripes. That no, that's good on you. But uh, you know, being the youngest of nine, you 
you got yeah, you put some different to things you, you together. Had, you had no chance. This has no holes, right? And this goes with that, right? Yeah. So, uh, but we've always kind of had a weird fashion sense, and uh, part of the golf line too is interested in bringing the younger people into it. And like, well, if I can wear goofy outfits like that, if I can wear you know silly stuff with a story. I, you know, if we get some people involved in the in the sport, which needs more volunteers at this point, I think yeah. uh, that, that that's a good thing. And yeah, anything. God forbid golf. if the brothers make a few dollars off it. And well, a lot of it came from Billy's generosity and saying, "Yeah, I'll do this. I'll put mm -hmm. my name on it." And uh, you know, so none of us have to really borrow money from him now. So it's it's win win. <laughs> And the Caddyshack restaurants, is that your, bro that's your other brother? Yeah, That's my brother Andy and his friend Mac Haskell. Uh, uh, we've had one in St. Augustine for 20 years, and yeah. we just opened one in Rosemont here by the airport. Oh, did you? That's one of my new favorite things is to check into the plane, check your luggage, and then get on the shuttle to the, uh, the uh, what's the name of the hotel? The, the Crown Plaza there, the Rosemont, uh, and take the shuttle over and then, you know, have lunch and whatnot at the Caddyshack yeah. and then uh, get the shuttle back over the airport and uh, it's all good. You but got it down. That's yeah. the way to travel. Well, I do travel a lot. So it, uh, now the perk is I've got a, you know, a, a lounge next to O'Hare. Not adjacent, but very <laughs> close. It's the first exit. It, it's right there. And uh, we used to go out to Rosemont back in the day. I had friends that lived off of Harlem there. And when there was a really bad snowstorm, we would go out to the hotels there knowing full well that there was going to be a ton of stranded stewardesses. And this is, you know, 19, <laughs> 1982. And we would go out to the bars and, uh, at the hotels and, uh, you know, shooting fish in a barrel was a term we used at that time. But uh, how'd that work out? It worked out pretty well. Uh, so Rosemont was a, was a destination, a, a, a fun destination. I've never heard Rosemont described as, as well, that. <laughs> and also, like, we were so bright that we were going out in the middle of horrible, horrible thunderstorms, yeah. I mean, thunderstorms or snowstorms, right. thinking, well, let's go to Rosemont tonight. Yeah. Yeah, well, oh, well. How about the Braniff chicks? Wow. <laughs> anyway. How often do you get back? I mean, you're a huge Cubs fan. Huge Cubs like. fan. Um, I've got one son that went to Loyola Chicago and is still here, but my wife is from Wilmette as well, so we get back four or five times a year. Yeah. Um, the five-year plan has always been to get out of L.A., and so now we're on, like, our sixth five-year plan to get out of L.A. Um, but I, I, I keep track of – I know which houses on this golf course are for sale to this day. Yeah, uh, you pointed a couple out. There, there's one on 10 I've got my eye on, but uh, I would love to live – by the L here, by the golf course, yeah. it would be nice. Uh, I'd love to get a place on the other side of the lake. Uh, that's kind of a goal to have a place in Long Beach or Michigan City over that way. What do you like about what's so great about here? Uh, I mean, other than it's obviously it's home, but it is nice up here. And what what I've I've spent about a week here, just pretty much playing golf. But it's beautiful, and the people have been great. And so, yeah, people it's are great. Sweet. There's a lot going on. There's some culture. And we're we're freshwater lake people. We I hate the ocean. I just Do you? I, it's salty. There's stuff <laughs> in there that can kill you. I mean, I can I can punch out a coho. I mean, there, there's nothing in Lake Michigan <laughs> that can really take me. Uh, but I I just I love the lake. I love coming out of it, and your your hair looks better than ever. It's, it's some of my best hair days have been coming out of Lake Michigan. Uh, <laughs> 
and uh, I, I just, there's something about the other side of the lake, too, where the sun is setting, and you can literally see a silhouette of the Chicago sk- skyline in the yeah. distance, and uh, the water warms up and comes that way all day long, so you can be out there at like 9 o'clock at night watching the sunset with a beer in your hand, and the water's 80 degrees all of a sudden because the surface waters come across the lake the whole time. It might be the fact that there's a nuclear reactor there in, in Michigan City, but I think they, you know, discharge their water early in the day, so that's probably not a factor. But uh, there's something special about that spot with the dunes and everything. Yeah, there's it's some awesome. good. Court, there's a lot of good golf over there on the Michigan-Indiana border too. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah there, there is. is. Yeah, there is. Yeah, right over there. I played some. A guy there. could be finding some. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I I know your brother Brian from. He was in a gentleman's game which was seen by dozens mm-hmm. around the world. Um, yeah, he made hundreds, he ma- well, a hundred dollars on that. <laughs> on that one. And, uh, you know, we became friends and played marrying together and, and and had a had a great time. So I was, I'd mentioned, I was like, oh, I wonder if he'll, you know, try and hook up with him for golf or get him to come here today. But your your impression of him, it's like he was here. I mean, he sa- it's like it's like he was in the room. Well, uh, you know, you uh, you gotta gargle a lot of uh, cleanser over yours, and um, <laughs> it's not a hard imitation to do. You just have to find it. But um, I, I actually had a, I used to do a cartoon called Timo Supremo, where Brian was the chief on it, <laughs> and I was a, a reoccurring villain in Flato, and I did like a Jackie Gleason kind of <laughs> character. And there were one day they they said, you know, Brian went back to Kansas, and we missed one of his lines. Uh, could you ever, I mean, it's not like you're taking any money from him. Just he missed one line, and we don't want him to have to come back from right, Kansas. Right. right away, Chief. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Uh, we're good. Yeah, we got it. But uh, it, it's, Brian uh, has accused me of, of stealing his work, uh, but I haven't really gotten any uh, using his voice yet. Nor my brother, whatever. I, I imitate all my brothers, but... It, some auditions you're like well that's andy or that's johnny but uh none of them have gotten any work really it's just my own (laughs) the only time i get work it's me so uh well yeah how many are there all together i'm the number i'm the ninth so there's uh six boys and uh three girls older than me yeah the the youngest of nine yeah and i have four kids i think four is the new nine but yeah four is the new crazy number i don't to get past three is big i've met i've kissed the ring of two popes but come on nine kids that's insanity (laughs) that is uh, that is nuts get a hobby you know (laughs) go out and play some golf dad uh i don't know but your mom your mom by the time you said by the time she got to you she it sounded like you kind of got away with you know after having eight older siblings you got it you're gonna get away with anything my mom would come home from work and there would be you know three nefarious characters in the back room of our house and a, a cloud of smoke and uh, guys ditching frisbees underneath couches and things like that. And she would just walk through and say, hi boys. And not even, <laughs> not even look that way. Just walk over to her side of the house kind of thing. But uh, she just didn't want to see anything wrong or hear anything bad at that point. She was, uh, she was very lenient with me. Uh, and I also learned from my, so many older siblings, what not to do and right. how not to, poke the bear uh so i i was you know i was a bit of a mama's boy too i uh Were you? i was a big fan she was amazing i don't know how she did it anytime i'm having a bad day i think how did that woman get out of bed widowed left with nine kids 
and she had to go back to work after being pregnant for 20 years. I, anytime I'm thinking I'm having a bad time, like, tch, how did Lucille do it? Fair play. God bless yeah. her. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. So golf, just getting back, back to, to golf. golf. Back to golf. This is the Golfer's Journal. Enough um, about your mother. <laughs> back to the Golfer's Journal. So where did you caddy? You didn't, so you didn't caddy here. You caddied at Indian... Indian Hill, which is in Winneka. Right. Uh, and that was... Was that a bike ride as well? It was a short bike ride. You, bike ride. You could walk. Um, you could hitchhike, but it, it wasn't that far. Um, but it was... <laughs> It was a very waspy course. It's the course Caddyshack is based on, basically. Right. And uh, there were, back in the day, there was a long waiting list to get in there, and it was very prestigious. And uh, now I, I, it kind of went in, you know, it's a roller coaster of life. But uh, when I got to high school, there were a lot of guys like, oh, I know you. You carried my bag. And like, <laughs> yeah, dude, that day was over, right, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but it was the only course that didn't tip so I don't know how we picked that one. Like Westmoreland nearby, they tipped well, and we, we caddied Indian Hill, which is just stupid. But they literally, uh, Sam Bernardi, I think was his name, record, rec- recruited guys right out of uh, altar boy service. Uh, so they would grab you and say, hey, you, you should be a caddy. You could be making money rather than doing this for free. You're up at 6 in the morning. You're the type of guy we're looking for. You're a go-getter. Uh, and... The next thing you know, we're all caddying Indian Hill and not getting tipped. But um, so, would you just get a flat rate every bag? You yeah. Know, like, was how, what was your rate? Do you remember? Uh, as an honor caddy, I got ten fifty a bag. That was the that bag. was the high water mark. No tip. No tip. So twenty one dollars in bucket number six. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I look back at my caddying as the best job I ever had. I mean, in terms of what it taught me about people. Well, you're pretty tan for a red-haired guy. <clears throat> right? Yeah. I've been outside a lot. Yeah. And I just loved, you know, the friends that I made there. You know, you learn so much about life because you have this sort of upstairs, downstairs world of the privileged. And then you have guys living from loop to loop. And it was just this wonderful, true portrait of kind of how the world, that, or that world worked. How do you look back on your caddy days? Well, I mean, it, it taught you some valuable lessons and it, it taught you to to be quiet and, and speak when spoken to, but I learned that growing up as well. And uh, it taught you subservience and uh, <laughs> things like that. But I, I, I always say it, it taught us that we don't want to be the guy carrying the bag. We want to aspire to be the guy playing golf and over tipping a caddy someday. Right. Uh, I, um, and you know, there were a lot of factors. Uh, I mean, I caddied a good 10 years but uh, I, I found I could make more money in construction and, and learn different things. Uh, so I, I did electrical work and, mm-hmm. and plumbing and stuff like that. Um, but th- there's nothing like being out there in the, in the, in the sun, uh, caddying for somebody, having a good or a bad day either way, and yeah. uh, playing that. But um, again, the no tipping. No matter how good you were, the best they would ever give you is they'd give you uh, 50 cents for wet weather. It was oh. the only way you could get tipped. So they could check a box that said wet weather. So you got extra 50 cents. Like, whoo. Oh, my God. And I remember there was one time it started pouring rain on, like, what was 16. And um, 
this lady's friend came up in a car on the road at Indian Hill that went border along 16. And she said, well, we're going to go. Uh, Dolores is here. She's going to give us a ride. And these two ladies go that way. And they leave me with the bags. And they sign my thing for 16 holes. Didn't even give me 18. What? Or the wet weather, which I'm going to now walk back to the clubhouse in the pouring rain. So I put the bags down and I just started walking. And I was like, a boy. Oh, boy. Where are you going? Boy, where are you going? The bags. And I said, well, you, you signed this for 16 holes, and uh, that's where they're going to stay, ma'am. And so <laughs> she signed it for 18, and uh, by the time I got to the Caddyshack, I was pretty much fired. And uh, she said, it's all right. She's never going to remember you. Just, you know, next time you see her, say your name is Jason or something else. And, right, uh, right. It, it was fine, but I just love it. Boy, where are you going? Boy, get my bags. Oh, well. Oh, well. So... We love this place. We love Canal Shores. Well, what? I mean, if you're anywhere in the area, come out and, and see some of the outdoor concerts. They do a, like a regular thing on Friday nights. That's so that cool. aren't aren't the big name things. But like I saw Mavis Staples out here last year. It was one of the best shows I've ever seen. And we were right up close. But they have Wilco's, uh, you know, people are coming this year. Uh, uh, we, you've got uh, Suzanne Vegas playing with with uh, bruce hornsby i guess she's the range now but uh it's it's really fun jeff tweedy is the name i'm blanking on wilco but uh it's really fun to see a concert out here and they hang lanterns and stuff like that but uh, you can also come out and and be part of this kids program they're doing and and uh donate some money and and be involved with that and uh you can always come up to the American Legion and, you know, buy some raffle tickets on some really good scotch or something like that. But uh, you can always go to canalshores.org and donate to this place. And it is a special spot. And, boy, I'm going to have to do that now. I guess I'm going to have to donate some money but because um, they've been so, so nice today. I know. It, it's a nonprofit place. It's been here for 100 years. Uh, Peter Jans originally secured the land from somebody and stole all this land along these canals and said, this ought to be a golf course. And uh, God bless him. Uh, and it was named after him for a long time until they changed it to Canal Shores, which was strangely a derogatory term the Murray brothers used to use for it. And really? somewhere along the line, they adopted the name Canal Shores. And it, it makes us all laugh. I'm like, well, that, that's hysterical. Uh, you know? Really? Yeah, it's like. If D- Dumpster Debbie literally changed her name to Dumpster Debbie, uh, it was <laughs> they changed her name to Canal Shores. Uh, it, it just makes us laugh. But CanalShores.org, you can come and you can donate and uh, help support this next generation golfers because we need more people on the home team. You know, we certainly do. We need what's going on here. We need it in more places. You need, you know, the kids that are out here. But even I love how the the property, like you said, having concerts out here engaging the community being creative no get me wrong it's still good it's a still a good place to learn how to smoke cigarettes and drink beers and, and things like that <laughs> which which is where we got our start but uh you know that's that's better to learn here than on the streets right right right, right. better to learn in the in the tunnel off the uh in the tunnel 12 hole um <laughs> yeah so hey joel i can't thank you enough for today it was a real treat to play uh especially this course with you. It'd be a treat to play any course with you. Well, let's so do it again we, somewhere else. do it again, for sure. Yeah, I'll catch uh, up with you. I, I got to play this Karn. I, uh, I'm not... Yes, you do. Well, you got to come to... Yeah, you got to come on one of my Ireland trips. All right. Um, 
And uh, you explain it to the wife. You seem to be very good at that. That was one thing about the book. Um, I was curious. There, there'd be these lead ups about your wife coming to visit, and mm-hmm. you know, you're like, "Oh, I'm going to pay extra, and we're going to get this this special place, this B and B." And then she would be gone. There wasn't. It, it would, <laughs> there was yeah. lead lead up to her coming, and then almost she was gone. Like, wait, well, how did she get to the airport? These were things I wanted uh. to know. And uh, how did <laughs> how did that go? And uh, no, just usual, no. all of a sudden you were onto some chip or some other guy you were talking about. Like, wait a minute, what happened to Allison? Yeah, where, 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 where did she, she go? How did she get home? I, I was worried. Are they still together? But it's good to hear you're still together. She's still putting up with you. St. Allison, uh, yes, we're very much still together. No, usually because it would just, I left those parts out of the book because it would make me look more like just more of a jerk. Way than, too than explicit. Really was. Yeah, like just leaving her at the bus stop. Late, later, mm. I'm going golfing. <laughs> um, uh, see you in a month. But yeah, no, she made it home. She's doing great. That's she's coming awesome. out. I'm doing, you know, doing America now. So she's coming. Um, and now <laughs> the kids are coming out on the road. And and, uh, and and they're part of the story, too. So it's cool. Well, that's great. Thank you. More well, power for, to you, man. Hey, I, I, I appreciate that you've read it. And uh, Well, anybody can convince their wife into letting you do what you've done is, is a, a, an example to all of us. Men everywhere. <laughs> Thanks, man. Men golfers everywhere. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Joel, can't thank you enough. Okay, here's that handshake on the microphone. Here you go. Oh, that's firm. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>